I'll connect it. All right. Isn't that funny? Matthew 25, verse 14. Let's go there. Jesus is telling a parable here. And, um, well, you'll see where we're going in this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country and called his servants and delivered his goods to them. Now, what we're going now, where we're going now is when we use the word talent, verse 15, he gave to one five talents. I need you to understand he's not talking about a talent like playing a guitar. The word talent is money. Talent is a year's wages in, in their day. That means he gave five years wages. What we're going to talk about is a parable where Jesus was referring to the kingdom of God as a man making an investment. Now, one thing I know about investments, people make investments with the design of making money. My Tesla investments have not made much. It keeps bouncing around like a yo-yo. My Bitcoin isn't doing a whole lot better, and my battery stuff isn't doing much better. And so anyway, I've got some other stuff, but we're just, I, hallelujah. I think buying ammo is better, and I got a whole lot of gold, but I'm not going to tell you where it is. Matthew um, 20, 25, 15. To one gave five talents, another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. That means God not, will not give you more than you can handle. And immediately he went on a journey, and when he had received the five talents, went and traded with them and made five more talents. And likewise, he would receive two, gained two more, and he received one, went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, like 2,000 years, those servants came and settled accounts. I want to stop. What has God done for you? What has he done? Everything, all right? All right, let's name some. The new birth. That's huge. You were lost, now you're found, you're born again, you're alive in the life of nature of God. Now, if that wasn't enough, just that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, he gave you life, he gave you eternal life, then he gave you his Holy Ghost, the same spirit that was on him that went down in the region of the damned and wrote, raised him from the dead and gave him, said, I'm going to give you him as a helper. So we have the Holy Ghost. Then he gave you gifts. He gave you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So he gave you gifts. He gave you each other. So he gave you abilities. He gave you giftings. Now, what he's about to talk about is that any time an investor is involved, there is a reason they're making an investment. And I want you to think about this right now. So let's get away from talents for a moment and go to coffee shop. Let's say that I go out, Lisa and I have some money, and sitting in a bank, if you don't know this, not the best way to use your money. Thank you. I was hoping you all would know that. So the accountant... God, we got to talk to this girl. <laughs> I'm just having, I'm thinking. So, so I start five coffee shops and I, and I, and I buy, I, I get the building, I buy the land, I buy all the machines, I do all the training. What am I looking for when I come back if I hire someone 
to manage it. I'm, I want to make money. I'll return. Now, understand something. I, I understand that it is possible when you first start a business for it not to make a lot of money. There's a lot of things you have to deal with. But, but eventually, that is the point. I'm not doing it because I just want everybody in a popka to have coffee, and I don't care if I go broke. That's not an investor. All right, let's change from a coffee shop a minute to a farm. Man plants a tree, plants orange trees. The reason you buy the land, buy the trees, put the water in it, put the well in the lake, and, and spray it is to get the oranges to grow, fertilize them, have someone buy them, take it down to the citrus, and you're wanting an increase on your money. You want an increase. You don't want to break even. You don't want to go broke. So if you put a million in it, you're looking for two million, looking for three million, looking for four million. You're looking for a long-term investment. Let's, talk, let's go a little bit more investments now. Let's go to a little more natural. Uh, I just heard the other day that uh, Blackwater, um, which is a bunch of devils, high-dollar high devils, are buying up houses in America for the same reason you want them. They want to rent them. So the last time that the, the housing bubble popped, Blackwater came in and bought a lot of those houses. So banks are starting to do what people were doing. In other words, if... You know, if you buy a house and you, 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 let's say, I remember a few years ago, you could buy a house in Arrow Estates for $150,000. Don't even go looking right now. That's not. So am I kicking myself for not buying that one? Yes, yes, I am. And uh, that would be about a half a million dollars right now. Plus, the income that I would get off of that would more than handle the rent. And eventually, it would take care of Lisa if something happened to me to the rest of her life and then the boys. So that's an investment. The idea is that you want your money to make money. All right, everybody knows that. The parable we're reading, Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a person making an investment. And so I need to ask you a question. When Jesus returns... What is he looking for from you? What did you do with what I gave you? Folks, that's, that's a big, big, big deal. And I'm going to make a statement to you, and I want you to think about this. My standing before the Lord is what drives me. It is the reason that I haven't had sex outside of marriage. It's the reason I've turned down a lot of pretty women when I was handsome, skinny, buff, dark, you know, you know, it's the reason I've, it is the reason I don't steal money from the church, not because of you, not because of the IRS, not because of the FBI, because of God. You don't scare me. He scares me. I'm a scared of God. I mean, I understand, I understand fear of God, but from the day I got born again, I have had a certain lifestyle that I have maintained because I am aware I'm going to have to stand and open up books, not the book of life, accounting books. All right, you started pastoring 32 years ago? All right, let's talk about the money that came in. Let's talk about the people that came in. Let's talk about the souls. Let's talk about 
how you treated your wife. Let's talk about how you raised your kids. Let's talk about how you lived because I'm going to have to give an account for my life and what I did and so are you. Now, if you don't motivate you, I can't. If you aren't motivated to live right, you won't. The temptations are great. And we go through them constantly. There is a devil. But once I made up my mind, I'm not going to go to hell and I'm not going to serve him, and I'm going to stand before God and hear well done to the best of my ability. Have I messed up stuff? Oh, you bet your sweet biffy I've messed up some stuff. But I don't continue to. All right, now let me finish reading this because we're getting real deep and y'all getting quiet, and I'm all right with that. Yeah, I am. I'm fine with it. So um, let me read verse 19. After a long time, the Lord... Uh, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Say me. So he who had received five talents brought five other talents and said, Lord, you delivered five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside these. We're talking money. Someone said, well, the, the Bible doesn't take a lot about money. The Bible says more about money than, than prayer or anything. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful. Without faithfulness, you're not going to do this. Now, let's, let's stop right here and make a statement to you. How are you going to grow in faithfulness if you p- jump up and run out of every relationship you get in? Just because it got hard? Can we get quiet real, real, real quiet now? It, it's, listen, it's easy to be faithful when everything's perfect. God, God is not watching you when things are perfect. He's watching you when things aren't perfect. What are you? See, you and I make choices, and as long as someone else is your problem, there's a day you're going to go, well, it ain't my fault. And I'm going to tell you, that's not going to do real good because when you stand there with Jesus, your mommy will not be there. Your daddy will not be there. Your husband will not be there. Your wife will not be there. I will not be there. And all of your friends won't be there. It'll be you and him. And I'm not quite sure that you're going to lie. I know you might think that it's okay to do that now, but I'll tell you there's coming a day where you're not going to look at him and say, it ain't my fault. We live in the greatest nation on the earth. It's easier to live here than any place on the planet. And we have the most miserable Christians on the earth in America. You know, I study other nations and I've been to other nations. I'm going to tell you something. The people in Ukraine, the people in China, outrank the Christians in America 10 to 1. You hand them a Bible and they'll, they'll memorize it because they may never see another one. Whole Bible. Memorize the thing. And then start handwriting them for other people. Their dedication to God trumps us by, by miles. That scares me just a little bit. Anyway, let's go back. Say, say amen or oh me. 
And the Lord said, good and faithful servant, you were faithful, faithful, faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of the Lord. Talking about stepping into heaven. He also had received two talents. Notice that he still gets a reward. He's not the five-talent guy, which is fine. Let's stop there for a minute. I know I'm not Copeland. Kenneth. Kenneth, God gave Kenneth more ability than he did me. But I'm all right with that. He's not asking me what I did with America. I'm not going to stand before God what he did, what I did with the whole U.S. But he is going to ask me about the Apopka. He is going to ask me about this church. He is going to ask me about you. He's not going to ask me all the same questions he's going to do Kenneth. Kenneth might be a five-talent or a ten-talent, or Brother Hagen might be a ten-talent guy. I might be a one-talent guy, but it's okay. I'm just going to make sure that I'm taking care of the talent he gave me. And, I, and, and if it's all right with you, I really don't know if I want another talent. Just a whole lot more to take care of. Okay. I will make you ruler over many things. And he also received two talents, said, came and said, Lord, you deliver me two talents. I gained you two more talents. And the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. Same word. You have been faithful over a few things. He calls whatever you're doing right now a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He who received one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered, I was afraid. What is fear? Folks, you don't have any business with it. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here's what is yours. And the Lord answered and said, you wicked, lazy servant, and knew that I reap where I haven't sown, gathered where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back at least my own with interest. Good God, put it in the bank. Now let's talk about what people do. People walk in this church all the time. I have a call of God on my life. I say, well, why don't you jump up there because I need you in the sound booth. And they go, no, I got a call. Listen, if you can't be faithful in another man's, why would God give you anything? Do you not understand why God gave you a church? He's going to watch you first. What did you do with another man's vision? Well, I had work to do. I hope you're ready to talk to him about it. Because it's not true. I was a youth pastor once with children and a full-time job, and still had kids saved. The only thing holding you back is you. I mean, we can actually put you to work if you weren't so busy doing nothing of value. Don't shout me down. We're going to go real deep tonight. I told you, this is Wednesday night. We're going deep. There's people who walk in the door and say, I want to work on security. Well, put your name on the list. I don't know when I'll be in town. Well, why don't you? You know when you're going to be at work. I thought it said seek first the kingdom of God, not seek first my job, my, my house, my family. Do, do you not understand that we're actually going to be required to have done the book? He's going to open the book and go, it said right there, you knew that. You knew it said that. Well, my wife said, that's what Adam said. 
It's her fault. I'm doing real good. You know, when I, when I first came here from Tulsa, and let me, let me make a statement to you. Get over telling God where you're going to go. Just get over that one now. Now, I'm not telling you that you're called to fivefold like I was. I'm not saying that. But where you live and what you do is in his hands, not yours. Now, you need to pray and ask him what it is. Don't ask me. I don't know. They that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You might not supposed to be him. You might be in my church and be out of the will of God. We had a lady came here one time and she left her last church wrong. And, and, and finally, she, you know, after being in this church a while, she went, I got to go back and make things right. And I said, well, glory to God. Go do it. Go make things right. Okay. Now. When I came here, and I'm talking about me, I'm not trying to put you in ministry because being a businessman is a, big, is a big deal to God. Be a Christian. Be a Christian businessman, not a half-Christian businessman. That means don't lie, cheat, steal, hook and crook. All right. But when I came here and I went to work with Tom Copeland, I had no ambitions to go anywhere. I'd have stayed right there, been youth pastor until the day when I was 90 years of age. Wouldn't have mattered to me. But, but, but that dissolved... Not on my own making, because I went through a divorce, I was asked to step down, and then I went and got me a secular job, and I was faithful at work, and I, and I, and I started flying to the islands one uh, week a month and preaching the gospel, and then after that, the Lord spoke to me, Melanie Hayward was in, in Laganov when the Lord said, when you get back, they're going to ask you, you are the next pastor, I, I want you take that church. You, these people in this, I know they're good people, they didn't hire me. I sent, not by people, by God. He said, I won't. It's, it's his church. It's not yours. It's it. Nobody in this church died for anybody. It's his church. It's his building. He owns it. It's his tithe. It's his money. And he can put anybody he wants to in there. Now, he said, I want you to take that. And now, understand, I didn't like it. I really, I really didn't. Um, and, and so um, I remember Betty May will tell you that one time it was Vicki Fowler called me and said, would you like to go to Cuba? And, and I said, let me pray about it. And I said, yep. I didn't pray about it. Got down to Cuba. People are getting born again. People are getting saved. I got back to Quezontenango, Guatemala. And the Lord said, what are you doing here? And I thought, well, that's, that's a dumb question. I said, well, you said go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, I didn't tell you to come here. I told you to go to Popka. Now, what are you doing down? I got chewed out, chewed out. He didn't tell me to go to all the world. He didn't tell me to go to Cuba. He didn't tell me to go to France. He didn't tell me to go to Spain. He didn't tell me to go to China. He told me to go to Popka. And I'm going to have to answer for a Popka, not everywhere else I went. Well, it's a good thing he chewed me out. Or I'd have been out of the will of God and probably died early. But I came back and realized, and one day I said, Lord, I, I mean, I, you, you know, I want you to give me a place to preach. He said, I gave you one. I went, oh, okay, praise the Lord. So that's when I started dying on me that I'm not Kenneth Copeland. I went, oh, maybe I'm not Kenneth. Maybe I only have one talent. I'm good with that. I'm good. I'm good. So, so let's think about this for a minute. Does it matter where you are? It, yeah, oh, you bet it matters. So now let me make a statement to you about Satan. He hates church because everything God does he does it through the church or he doesn't do it at all. I will build my church. Not I will build 
a business. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not stand against you. You're born again, church, filled with the Holy Ghost, church, healed in church, ministering church, and everybody on the planet has a pastor somewhere. Now, nobody said you had to like him. It's just that that's who he is. My kids didn't say, and we're moving next door. They have better, you know, Cheerios in the morning. We're going next door. You don't, you don't, you don't just pack up and decide where you're going to go and what you're going to do. God's going to ask you about where he sent you. And you're going to have to answer to him, not even to me. So people come to me all the time and say, Pastor, I'm not able to do it. And I say, well, what, 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 I, didn't, I didn't die on a cross for you. And I don't even know what God's saying to you. I really don't have the right to tell you what to do. I can suggest the fact that you're probably not, that's probably not God. But go pray about it. Anyway, are you all out there? Okay, it's getting real quiet in here. That's all right. You wicked, lazy servant, you know I reap. You ought to have deposited my money, verse 27, with bankers. And at my coming, I would have at least received my own back with interest. Now, I'll tell you what I think he's talking about. The, the, at least get born again and you grow. <laughs> Whether you ever do anything for God, at least you take the gift of God and do something with you. I think that's the 2% interest thing. You know, at least I made it. Well... And I'm going to show you in a minute, 1 Corinthians 3, that if everything you own is burned up, you're saved. So don't worry. We're not talking about go to hell here. So I know y'all are worried about that. I don't, I don't want to go to hell if I don't do things. Boy, y'all are, y'all are wonderful. To preach. I just preach this on a Sunday morning so I can see just how quiet I can get in here. Take the talent from him and give it to him who had ten and to everyone has, more will be given. And to him will have abundance from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast that unprofitable servant in the outer darkness, and there weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think the guy never got even got born again. And I think that was the point that he was making. Go to Luke 13. Never got saved. So at least get saved. At least, you know, receive Jesus, get born again, and walk with God. Amen. All right. Then go from there. I don't want you to put you in fear that if you're not out getting 20 people saved every week, um, but you really need to pray a lot, what do you want me to do and how do you want me to do it? I deal with people all the time that get born again and have this idea, uh, God, this is what I'm doing, come. Especially young people. And I, and I look at them sometimes and go, well, go try that and see how that works. It, it don't, because God's not obligated to help you do what you're doing. And you won't, it won't be long, you'll figure out that he's not helping you. And you're like, where, it, wh- I did all of that faith stuff and it didn't work. That's a little more to it than just push a button and pull a lever. Thank you all, boy, y'all are wonderful. Luke 13, 6, let me just read this one. He spoke a parable, a certain man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard, and he came and sought fruit on it, and he found none. And then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, look, three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree. I find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up my ground? Now, let's go back there before we read this. Remember I said a while ago, they're not making any more dirt. When you own, let's say, when we went to Israel, I'll tell you one of the things I loved about Israel was looking at all the date trees, palm trees, fruit trees. It was, oh, it was just awesome. 
but when you have only so much ground and only so much irrigation, you can't afford to have a bunch of trees where nothing's happening. You got to cut it down, put another one in there. We, we got to, this tree's not doing anything. I think that he's talking there about Israel after all that God invested in them didn't even receive Jesus. I think that's the primary where he's going with that. But anyway, he says, on this fig tree, if I none, cut it down, why does it use up the ground? Um, and he answered and said to him, sir, let it alone this year and also till I dig around it and I fertilize it. And if it bears fruit well, but if not, then you can cut it down. God's looking for fruit from you. He's not looking for you to come to church and log time. God doesn't care how many times you walked in church. What'd you get out of it when you came? Or was your motive to go in there and to, and to learn and grow and be a doer of the Word of God? Most Christians are not in church to do anything. Their, their Christianity is nothing more than mental assent to God. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. The word believe is the word live by. If you don't live by it, you do not believe it. If it isn't changing your life, you're not a believer at all. We grow Christians. That's between you and God, though. I'm not even going to get in the middle of that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's go over there. God gave you ministry gifts. Take advantage of them. You want to know something. You know, Lisa has a proverb that she made it up, I guess. It ought to be in the Bible because it's powerful. And it's so much truth in it. When the student is ready, the teacher will show up. When your heart wants to know God will make sure someone's there to answer your question. Yeah. And if someone's not showing you and you're ignorant, you're not looking. I hope that makes sense. That's huge. I have never sought God and him not answer me. Never has it happened. I didn't say I always like the answer. But he showed me what to do. He's a good God. Ephesians 2.8. Um, I, I want to go there. 2.8. By grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of works, not of works, lest anyone boast. It seems like that's as far as some people get. Well, don't slap no legalism on me. Oh, you know how many times I've heard that? Oh, a lot. Anytime you start preaching live right, you've always got somebody walking in going, you ain't putting me under no bondage. If, if obeying God is bondage, you got a real heart problem. All right, let's, let's read. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift to God, not of works, lest you boast. We are his workmanship. He made us. He created us in Christ Jesus for good Say it real loud. Works. He made you for works. 
but, but he didn't. See, you weren't able to do the work spiritually dead, so he fixed your problem so you could be good. You don't be good to get saved, but be, if you are saved, there had better be some good coming out. And you'd better learn how to be good to people, be good to your church, be good to your spouse. And you need to learn the commandments of God and learn what he calls being good. And that's, that's, that's called holiness. Holiness doesn't save you, but there is, if, if you're an orange tree, there should be oranges on you. There should be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. There should be people around you's lives being changed because of your walk with God. And if not, you are here tonight for this sermon. Amen. People's lives ought to be changed because they have met you. I didn't say instantly. You ought to leave a trail of victories everywhere you go. If you don't, then start coming with a notebook and a pad and say, I'm ready to grow. God's not going to require you to be a, a mature adult and, and, and to make a house payment when you're three. You're three. It's okay to be three. So in a church like this, we got people in this room that are legally baby Christians. They're legally baby. They're finally blown. Just the fact that they're still living for God and going to church and praying in the Holy Ghost, that's awesome. But the ones you that have been here 25 and 30 years, you're, you're, you're a messed up because you still act like a bunch of babies. How many people have you gotten saved? How many people have you ministered to? How many people have you helped? Or is your flesh still running you? If you're, if you're doing everything you want to do every day, you're backslidden. Jesus paid a high price for you, and it cost him. And he's looking for you to put your flesh under, renew your mind with the word of God. Get your mind on that book. I'm a new creation. I'm alive. God loves me. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. The greater one lives on the end of me. I can I do all things through Christ. Heavenly Father, my prayers get answered. I'm going to pray for JoJo. I'm going to pray for Susie Q. And I'm, when I go to work today, I'm going to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to be faithful. And, and Melanie asked me to work in the children's church. And I'm going to see if I can get in there and help her out a little bit. And quit making excuses and, and, and well, just telling lies. I don't think I'm called to that. Well, I called you to it and tell God I did. Since you can't hear God very well, I'll hear for you. Folks, Lisa's got a brother that lives up in Tennessee. And um, how many kids David got? Nine? You ought to watch Thanksgiving. At their house. It, it's a sight to behold. And I, I love it. I love it. You, you walk in that house and I mean there is, there is a, uh, someone's cooking. Someone's cleaning. Someone's setting the table. Someone's, huh? Oh, well, wait a minute. Let me, let me, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there in a minute. I'm talking about when I was up there during Thanksgiving. 
And then when, I, when they get through, that someone's in there washing the dishes, someone's taking out the trash, someone's going out and feeding all the cattle. Everybody has a job. And mama's not doing it all. Mama, where's my underwear? Mama, where's my underwear? Mama this, mama that, and mama this. Get it yourself. Mama's in there talking to people and enjoying her day. Pastor, will you go to the hospital for me? Pastor, will you come visit me? Pastor, will you do this? No, you want you to do it yourself. Why don't you go do it yourself? I'll change churches. I thought you were here to serve me. I'm not. I'm here to teach you to serve. I had a man walk to my office one day, and he, he sat down. And he said, what can this church do for me? I knew, I knew he's he not going to be here long. I might as well go ahead and just tell him the truth. I said, I said, I will guarantee you if you come to this church, I will teach you how to serve. Never saw him again. He, when he dies, he's going to be in for one real big shock. I went in the church, Jesus. Yeah, I know you did. Go make my number. Hallelujah. <laughs> Titus chapter 1. You know, if, if what I preach shocks you, it's because you're not reading your Bible. If anything I ever say shocks you, because you're not reading it. This book is 10 times more shocking than me. It really is. This book is brutal. If you don't love God, you, if you don't obey God and keep his commandments, you're a liar. I'm going, now you know Jesus, if I said that, they'd be people mad at me. And they have been mad at me with this. Anyway. As much as people think I wrote the Bible, I should get royalties. All right, First Titus, Titus, not First Titus, Titus 1, 16. Let's go there. They profess to know God, talking about people, but in works, they deny him. If there isn't works, you have actually denied the Lord. Thank you all. That's a brutal, that's a pretty hard scripture. It's a tough scripture, isn't it? Being abominable and disobedient and disqualified for every good work. That's pretty heavy scripture. Chapter 2, verse 7. In all things, show yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity and reverence and incorruptibility. Who is watching to see if you're doing good works. I would think it would be God, but then he has given someone on the earth to watch you. Who would that be? What if I don't even know who you are? I had a lady one day, and Lisa knows who I'm talking about, and I walked into a dealership, car dealership, and she said, Pastor! I said, hi. She said, oh, and then she went off rattling around, and I went, there's a man standing right there, and I went, who is she? And he gave me her name, and I went, oh, yeah, I married her and her husband about 10 years ago. Honey, I ain't your pastor. I don't even know who you are. I didn't, I didn't drop no bomb on her. I just said, hallelujah, and I just. You want to know how often that happens? 
a lot. I go off someplace and see somebody that used to come here. Hi, pastor. And I go, where are you going to church? Well, we're going so-and-so. I said, well, that's your pastor. Go see him. And, and, and some people left, and, and, and they've grown. And I thank God for them. I was watching somebody on Facebook the other day, and they were quoting something that their pastor said, and I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. They found somebody to listen to. Listen, I don't care whether you listen to me or not. I just want you to listen to God. I want you to grow up. Okay. And I may not be your cup of tea. I, I, I get it. I get it. And so, so anyway, ch- uh, chapter 2, verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, not some, teaching us. Grace teaches that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, you should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present age. Now, you won't do that if you don't want to please God. You will not do it. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a special people, zealous for what? Good works. Church should fire you up. Now, let me back off a minute here. The reason why we're seeing a looseness in the body of Christ is ministers as myself backed away from preaching right living. Many Christians can't handle it. They call it, well, you don't know how that made me feel. (laughs) I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to make you feel good or bad. It's not my job to make you feel good. My job is to help you be good. And, and you understand that as long as there are synchro-sensitive churches in town, you have places to hide while you call yourself being a Christian. That's not good. If you are mature and love God, you would want truth because without it, you cannot mature. You can't grow up without truth. And if you come in here and I never show, say anything, if everything I say you agree with, one of us is messed up. In other words, when I go to Mark Hankins meetings, there's a lot of times I get severely challenged. I take notes and go, well, I have work to do when I get home. Mac Hammond is a great pastor, and he's a great businessman, and he doesn't handle his employees like I did. And so I took a lot of notes, and I had a lot of adjustments because I'm, I'm learning how to do my job better and better and better. I want to do my job well. So I don't want to go to someone who agrees with me. I want someone who knows more than I do. I don't want them to agree. I want them to tell me, even if I don't like what they say, tell me the truth. I want to know how to do this. And I find people that I respect, and they have a, their life, they have a life they walk with God. And, they, and they, tell, they tell me the truth, and I walk away and go, that was great. God, let's go home. I can't, I can't stand another day of this. I've been challenged to pray more. I've been challenged to walk closer to God. I've been challenged to give more. I've been challenged to be nicer and walk in love and walk in love and walk in love and walk in love. <laughs> and Mark came here one time, and he spent one week walk, talking to me about walking in love. And I thought, Mark. 
why aren't you talking to Lisa a lot more? <laughs> Never mind. I love to pick on my wife. Titus 3, 4, 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Chapter 3, verse 14. And let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. That's another word, unfruitful. Are you, are you bearing fruit? Now, let me tell you the reason why people don't bear fruit. There is two types of, of a belief system about Christianity. One of them is come to Jesus so that you can go to heaven. That's a piece of truth. That's like get married so you can have a house. That's really not why you get married. God did everything he did to have a fellowship with you. And if you are walking with him, you will change into the image of Jesus. He didn't die for you to give you a mansion. He died to give you himself. That is the prize that we now can walk with God. The proof of that is in the way you live. If you love God, you'll keep commandments. How does he know you love him? Let me make a statement to you about being married. You don't need to run off all your husband or your wife's boyfriends or girlfriends. That's not the problem. It's your spouse. If they can't stay faithful when the good-looking guy or the good-looking girl shows up, you have a spouse love problem. It isn't. You don't go around killing every man that comes around so that your wife is faithful. God's not going to get rid of all your problems so that you'll live right. He wants to know if you're going to live right when all hell's breaking loose. Matter of fact, you ought to hope that a good-looking girl comes along and see what your husband does about it because you don't want to get too far into this thing. Find that out before you get married. Oh, help, dear Lord. Okay, that was a little too much. Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. Now, there's always the blood. There, thank God for the blood. I'm preaching condemnation. I'm just telling you there's times you go, okay, help me, Jesus. I plead the blood. Let's go on. Let's press forward. Revelation 3, chapter 3. No, let's go to chapter 2, verse 5. Now, now, in the book of Revelation, Jesus is talking to seven churches. These are New Testament churches. They're not Old Testament churches. They're New Testament churches. So we have to understand that if he's talking to them, could we use this for ourselves? Yes, so we can take this as a letter even to us, even though he was talking to Laodicea or Thyatira. It's still applicable for the church today in the United States or Word of Life, is it not? Yes, it is. Okay, so Jesus is going to correct some people. He's also going to bring some judgment, which we've been told he doesn't do anymore. 
Well, someone forgot to tell him. <laughs> Thank you, boy. I'm a, I'm a smart aleck. I know I'm a smart aleck. Thank you. Um, Revelation 2, 5. Two, let's do two, two. Nevertheless, I have something against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first what? You know, being on fire for God last year, that's last year. Why? You have an enemy that's going to do everything in his power to bring cares, riches, and pleasure. And there's not a sin in it. Now, he'll bring temptations. But if your heart's right, you'll continue to lift for God no matter what's coming at you. What's coming at you is not changing you. You're changing you. You are where you are because that's where you chose to be. You can do good work. You can, you can obey God. You're, if your schedule is so deep you can't obey God, you need to change your schedule because you're adding something to it God didn't tell you to do. Now, let's talk about America right now. Who, who said you had to have four, six, eight, 14 vacations a year? There's nothing wrong with vacations, but if you think going to the beach is going to fix your problems, you're a one backslidden human being. Going to the beach is fine if you're in fellowship with God, but if you're out of fellowship with God, you, well, Pastor, we weren't there Sunday. I was at the beach. I was having a bad week. You're a fruitcake. Because, because the Holy Ghost can't help you, but salt water can. You've lost your mind. You don't need to rest your flesh. You need to put your flesh under. That's why you're in the mess you're in. Because your flesh is running you. Oh, that, I didn't just, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I, I've just got a way out there, and I'm sorry, please. I'm not against vacations, but good God, some, you know, some of you people take more vacations a year than I've ever had in my whole life. I got to get out of here and go to the mountains. I got to get out of here and go to the beach. I got to get out of here and go to Panama City. I got to get out of here and go to California. I got to get out of here and go to Las Vegas. I'm telling you what, I'm on I'm just, I'm a mess. I just need to go to Vegas. Oh, I, listen, I'd like to tell you who said it to me, but good Lord, I, I, can't, I can't handle the heat. I didn't see you last week. Yeah, yeah. We're in Vegas. We need a break. Went gambling. <laughs> you know, there's times I've just had to learn, just shut up. Just shut, just shut up, Daryl. Just help them, Jesus. I want to say more, and I just try and I'm just, say it. No, don't say it. Don't say it. I feel like Medea. Don't say it. Don't say it. Is this too much? Let's go to verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm going to do. Oh. Two, nine. I know your works. Verse 9. I know your works. Your tribulation, your poverty, that you're rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they're Jews and are not, but are synagogue of Satan. Don't fear anything. But I, he says, I know your works. What? 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 Is, he, is he actually watching what we're doing? 
Yes. One time when we were in the shaman center over here, I, I've, I, I wish he did this more because I think it's cool, but he doesn't. I looked up in the back of the wall, and the Lord Jesus walked through the wall. Walked right into, no, he didn't walk that. He walked right through the back of the room, right down the aisle. And, and I got to tell you, he had a, a notepad in his hand and a pencil with a string on it. And I'm going to tell you to this day, I always wanted to ask him, why is your pencil on a string? Are you going to lose it or is someone going to steal it? I'm just kind of, just kind of mess me up. You know, why has Jesus got a pencil on a string? And he looked at me and said, I'm checking the troops. And he turned around and walked right through the wall and disappeared. And everybody in the building got up and came to the altar. Holy Ghost hit that building. <laughs> hit that. Let me tell you something. Jesus goes through churches and checks on, on who's there and whether they're obeying him or not. You better believe he does. He knows exactly what's going on in his church. Who's there? Who's not? What are they doing? Why are they doing it? Are they doing what I told them to do? God told George Pearsons, the Lord said to George Pearsons, he was, text, he was down in South Africa. He said, George, I want my church back. George went, I thought you had your church. He said, no, I want it back. I want you to do it the way I tell you to do it. Because right in Dallas, there was a church that had a one-hour espresso service so you can come and do your duty. No interest in obeying God at all. He said, George, I never told you to do a church that way. You do what I tell you to do. He said, don't you worry about what everybody else does. You just do what I tell you to do. And George came back and said, what do you want me to do? And that little church has been growing like crazy. People getting healed and delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost. But he's also preaching some real strong messages, which is God. Okay, it is good. Chapter 3, verse 6. Revelation 3, 6. He who overcomes shall be clothed in a white garment, and I will not blot his name from the book of life. Now, you may want to mark that out of your Bible since you don't believe in that. And I'll confess his name before my father and his angels. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what he says. Now, 3, 3, 14. And to the angel of the church of Laodicea, the faithful and witness, he says, I know your works. I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. But because you're lukewarm and not cold or hot, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Literally, the Greek says, you make me sick in my stomach. You said, I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I don't need a thing. You don't have any idea that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I think you need to come find some gold refined in the fire and buy it off of me. What is gold refined in the fire? Gold refined in the fire is gold that's been heated during test to where you can see the impurities. If God's got you in a test, rejoice in it and let him bring the mess to the surface so you can get it out of your life. That's why it's happening. Boy, it's quiet in here. That's all right. All right. Well, Matthew 5. Let's go back. Now, this is all over our Bible. It, it, it didn't just... I've told you many times there's two kinds of sermons. There's Ephesians 1, 2, 3 sermons and Ephesians 
four, five, six sermons. What's the difference? Ephesians 1, 2, 3 is when Paul is telling you who you are and how much God loves you. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 is God telling you what he wants you to do about that. See, if I was preached on, 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 on obey God like this every Sunday, uh, this church would, would not be very large. Because American Christians can get online and have a pastor online tell you what you want to hear. And they can't afford to do, preach what like I'm preaching because they can't stay on the air because you won't send them any money. Okay, boy, I'm telling you right now, that's why I wanted to get the church paid off. Because if I start obeying God, I have to be sure that we're going to be here even if you leave. Matthew chapter 5, turn to your neighbor and say, you need to breathe a little bit. I mean, I think you just need to breathe. Matthew 5 verse 13, you're the salt of the earth, and if salt loses its flavor, how is it supposed to be seasoned? It is absolutely good for nothing, thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. You can't be hidden. They don't light a lamp and stick it under a basket, they put it on a lampstand so it gives light to everyone in the house. You need to let your light so shine before men they'll see your good what? Works and glorify God that is in heaven. Let me make a statement to you, and it's not because I'm a pastor. It's not because I'm a pastor. Everywhere I've ever worked, everywhere I've ever worked, I've changed it. People got saved or people got mad. People were born again there. We have a couple right here that met Omar Walker. Omar Walker was a Black Panther. When I came to work there, he hated my guts. Threw mud on me every day. Threw mud on me. You talk about wanting to whoop some. God, let me just whoop this guy. Just get down off the scaffold and beat the mud out of this guy. I go, oh, I pray in the heart of my son and I'm out of love of God. I shut up. I'm out of Holy Ghost. Until one day he got born again, and I'm going, glory to God. That's what you were after all the time. When I worked at Philip Crosby and Associates, but to talk to people about the Lord, had a Bible study, ministered to people everywhere I went. Everywhere. When I worked in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I worked for, for a Hardesty company, everybody I worked with, everybody in the office got born again. Everybody got saved. I mean, Satan knows if this, if this guy shows up, you're going to lose everybody in the building. God didn't put me in a pasture because I was goofing off and doing nothing. I was faithful at work. And he said, I'm going to promote you. And the people come to me and say, I want to be promoted. Well, how many people are saved at work? You can't get anybody saved at church work. You, don't, you certainly don't need a pulpit. Thank you all for y'all's wonderful hallelujahs. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to go someplace right now, and I'm just going to back off just a minute. I'm just going to leave it alone a minute. Verse 17, look at this. Don't think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I didn't come to destroy it. But I say, I want you to pay attention. I say. I want you to look at verse 20. I say. 22, I say. Verse 26, I say. Verse 23, let me make a statement to you. The new birth did not make it easier. He made it more difficult. He made your obedience. There's more obedience due you now than under the old covenant. Yeah. 
They weren't born again. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't walk in love. He's demanding more out of you now than, than he demanded under Moses. He said, you heard about if they commit adultery? He said, I, I'm going to tell you something right now. You don't even get your eyes on them. He got stricter in math. This is stricter. I'm not preaching legalism. Jesus is requiring more out of you than he did David and Moses. David wasn't born again. Woo, y'all are quiet. Y'all are, you're looking at me like a dog in a new bowl. All right. L- l- let, me, let me prove it to you. 5, 20, 40, 43. You heard it was said you love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Let me tell you something. I want you to love people who curse you, spit on you, beat on you, hate your guts, and treat you like a dog. I mean, most Christians in here can't even get along with anybody in a church, much less that. God don't want you going to a perfect church. He wants you in an imperfect church because he wants you to grow up. He wants people to rub you. He wants them to get on your nerves. I'll come over here and preach. These are people there. I ain't got a grunt out of this side of here. He wants people in church to, he he wants you to go to work for me. He don't want it to be easy to work for me. He wants to find out what you're made out of. Can't even get to church on time and turn in a report and you got a call of God. You don't have a call of God. God ain't moving you anywhere. You are crazy. When, what, what in the world happened to be, well, you know, they just got their feelings hurt. Why? Have you ever, I have mine hurt all the time. I've quit too. I just come back. This is the hardest job I've ever had in my entire life. Christians are crazy. <laughs> Unfaithful, crazy, lie. Do all kind of stuff, and I'm not allowed to say nothing. You know, I have to be happy when I'm not happy. Thank you. Yeah. Someone said, "Are you faith in it?" Yes, every day. <laughs> if you think I'm happy like this all the time, and I, I'm happy on purpose, I'm going to be happy today. <laughs> Are y'all out there? Did you go home? It's called grow up. If you can't stand some heat, good Lord, folks. All right, anyway. Man, I could tell you stories of things that have happened to me. And, I, and, and Paul said, God, get this mess off me. He goes, no, my grace is enough. Snake bit, shipwreck. Y'all ain't even been, y'all ain't never been snake bit. Or shipwrecked. Ain't nobody ever taken you out back and turned, tied you to a post and beat you with a cat of nine tails and God told you to get up and go back in that church and preach? Folks, come on, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. Something wrong with American Christianity. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to get positive. Help me. I got to get positive here. All right. Chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed, you not not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen that otherwise you have no what? Three people. Re- say reward. reward. Say reward. reward. Verse 2. 
And when you do charitable deeds, don't sound a trumpet before like a hypocrite in the synagogue in the streets. And that, that they, surely I say to you, they have their what? Say reward. And when you do a charitable deed, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Your charitable deed before in secret. So your Father in heaven reward you, reward you, reward you. We have a day, and even now, when you do right, God will reward you. God sees everything you do, and you don't do nothing, God don't see it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And this side of heaven, he'll reward you, and when you die, there will be rewards. And I'm going to tell you something. It is not fun to sit in an audience and have them call people up to give awards, give awards, give awards, and you get nothing. When you die, you, you don't be sitting out there going, man, I, nobody even call my name. That's why I'm preaching this. Say, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Is this too strong for y'all? Listen, I live my whole life for that day. Everything I do is for that day. I'm going to have to stand and give an account. And I am, I, I'm aware of it And when I wake up, and I'm aware of it when I go to bed. I'm aware of it. I, I got I to answer to Jesus how I treated Lisa. How'd you raise the boys? What'd you do with the money? Did you spend it on yourself? Did you, did you steal it? Did you lie? He knows everything. You can get away with nothing. Now, that, that'll cause you to live right. Go to, oh boy, go to James 1. How are we doing for time? Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm out of time. I'm not out of sermon, but I'm out of time. I'm always out of time and no sermon, not out of sermon, always. But anyway, God has mercy on you because I know you're thinking, yeah, I think I want to go home now. I think I got a lot to think about. Now, where's James? Is that Old Testament or New? <laughs> James one twenty one. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Deceiving who? Yourself. If anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man that observes his natural face in the mirror. He observes and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And when he looks in the perfect law of liberty, he continues in it. He's not a forgetful hearer, a doer of the what? Work. A doer of the work. Faith is acting on the word. God knows what you know. He knows what you don't know. Someone said to me, I don't understand the Bible. I said, okay, let me give you this one. Love God with all your heart and your neighbors yourself. Forget everything else. Just go do those two. He went, wow. I said, yeah, wow. You don't need to hold, know the whole Bible. Just to, if you want to work on something today, this week, just work on your love walk. You'll, you'll get to love is patient and you'll stop. <laughs> and you can get to kind next, next week. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I have improved. I mean, if y'all don't say it, I'm going to. I have really improved. Lisa, have I improved? Have I improved? 
Yeah, Lisa said he has improved. And every time I start dipping, I ain't talking about snuff, dipping down, I go get my love book out and read it again. It's brutal. Hardly notices when they did it wrong, and it keeps no record of wrongs. And it doesn't, it's not rude, and it doesn't make a scene. And I'm going, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Only me and Zach understand that. Okay. James 2. I'm going to try to close. 2.14. i got a lot more to preach, but I don't. What is it, prophet, my brethren, if you said you have faith and you have not works? Can faith save you? No. If there is no corresponding action to what you say you believe, you don't believe anything. Now, now people have read that. Dr. Martin, not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, the, the German priest, he said, that's not, that shouldn't be in the canon of Scripture because we're saved by grace through faith, what Jesus did. But he said, but when Rahab, he's mentioning Rahab, did Rahab do, do something when, they, when the spies came? Yes, she hid them. See, your faith is shown in your acting. If there is no life, there's no faith. Not mental assent, I believe it. Satan believes in Jesus, but he doesn't do what he says. Okay, that, you understand that? Okay, so faith without works is dead, and, or it's better, faith without corresponding actions. Verse 17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And someone says, you have faith and I have works. If you show me your faith without your works, I'll show you mine by mine. So let's come back to, we come in here and talk a lot about using your faith for healing and using your faith for this. Listen to me. If you can't even use your faith to live for God one day, how are you going to get healed with it? If you can't even use your faith to get your mind renewed, how are you going to use your faith to get healed of COVID? I don't read my Bible to understand it. I read it to do it. And I read stuff I don't like. I even read the scriptures that Brother Hagin didn't put in the promise book. <laughs> I read the Sermon on the Mount. I read, I, read, I read all of those, don't be bitter and be patient. I read them and go. Okay, Heavenly Father, I'm going to work on this one all week long. Just have mercy. God has mercy on you. He sees your hearts right. You may not have, we may not be hitting the bullseye, but we're shooting at it. And he goes, they're, 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 they're working on this thing. And he sees it, and he sees your faith, and your faith pleases him. You may not be doing the best in the world, but, you're, but you, I'm shooting. I'm shooting at this right now. I'm, 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 I'm going to be a better person this next month than I am this month, and, I, and I'm going to live for God, and I'm going to love people, and I'm going to walk with him, and I'm going to obey Jesus, and I'm going to hear good and faithful servant when I die. And the older you get, the closer it's here. <laughs> I 
All right, was that too much? Now, I warned you when you came in that this is Wednesday night and we're going to go deep. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff we should preach. But there is something God wants you to be doing. You say, I don't know what it is. Start with the Bible. Just open it up and start reading it. If you don't know where to live and who and all that, don't worry about that. It's not okay to disobey God because your emotions and you're lonely. I was lonely. I was so lonely. Well, obey God and be lonely and let God be God. Yeah, but I didn't have any money. Just obey God. What do I do? Just act like the Bible's true. That's faith. Count it all joy. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Worship God. Love people. Put your flesh under. Get your mind right. Full-time job, isn't it? Yeah. We're all going to stand before God. Aren't you glad we're going to be there? Aren't you glad that even if your works are burned, thank you that we're not going to hell. Thank you that I'm not going to hell. I've had a few times in my life when I'm going, good God, probably everything I've ever done to get burned up. I mean, I'm such a fruitcake. But thank you, I'm going to heaven when I die. They ain't going to kick me out. <laughs> but, his, but his mercies are new every morning. I didn't do so good yesterday, did I, Jesus? Okay. You forgive me. I forgive me. I'll do better tomorrow. I ain't going to quit. I mean, if you've done everything perfect up until now, you're in the wrong church. Because I don't know how to relate to you. I've messed up some stuff. I've had my bad, I've had some bad times. I've had times when I just blew it up and I had them. I'm not walking in love right now. <laughs> and you get real miserable and don't get your prayers answered. You go back and go, yeah, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey you. Paul had a meltdown. I heard Mary Friend one time had a meltdown with God. She got, she repented. Father, thank you for the opportunity to walk in this church tonight and, and uh, open up the Bible and minister to saints. I think sometimes it's good to hear this because to me it's a wake-up call that there will come a day when we'll answer to you for what we've done. I'm not, I don't expect to stand before you and to have been perfect. But I pray that I stand before you with a perfect heart having done what you asked me to do with all of my heart. I've messed up some stuff, I know that. But I have run my race. I haven't finished my course. But I've stayed faithful throughout my life here. I've been faithful to my wife. I've been faithful to this church. I've been faithful. I pray that all of us in this room would be able to stand and say, I was faithful. I was faithful, Father God. I did what you said. It wasn't easy, but I was faithful. And if they're not there tonight, Heavenly Father, I pray they'll go home tonight and think about it and go, you know, I think I will be in that group that I became faithful. I know David had his problems. I know Paul had his. But you, but, but, but you still put him in the hall of fame, the hall of faith. I pray that I'm in that hall of faith also. And all of us in this room, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right. No one got up and walked out. 
I preached this sermon one time in the shopping center and I had a guy got up and walked right out. I am not going to do works. And he left. I went one down and 20 left. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.